Welcome to Little Joe's Conservative Corner, the podcast where we delve into the latest news through a conservative lens. In each episode, Little Joe sifts through the top headlines and news articles, offering insightful commentary and analysis from a right-leaning perspective. Whether it's politics, culture, or current events, this show explores the issues that matter most to conservative listeners. Get ready ready. to cut through the noise and get to the heart of what's really going on in the world today. Let's get started. Welcome to Little Joe's Conservative Corner. while one thing that President Biden said is basically that he stored the documents in filing cabinets that could be locked. Let's listen. All the stuff that was in my home was in filing cabinets that were either locked or able to be locked. Daniel? Just just not true, John. Uh, This report from the special counsel includes photos. Those photos include shots of a box uh, just sitting in President Biden's Delaware garage. The special counsel described it as a badly damaged box sitting amid household detritus. So there was some material that was in cabinets uh, locked or lockable, as the president said, but all of it certainly not. And that open, unsealed, damaged box included, according to the special counsel, highly sensitive, top-secret material about the war in Afghanistan. Okay, another claim that President Biden made, none of the documents were highly classified. Let's listen. None of it was high classified. Didn't have any of that red stuff on it. You know what I mean? Around the corners? None of that. Daniel? That claim that he didn't have any material that was quote-unquote high classified is also not true, John. The special counsel's report says that the president possessed multiple highly classified documents that were indeed marked as being highly classified documents, including some marked as top secret slash SCI, sensitive compartmented information. That is a very high level of classification. For example, special counsel Her uh, discussed two top secret documents about Afghanistan found in that open, unsealed damage box in the garage, one of which Her said, contains highly sensitive info about military programs and another that contains info about sensitive intelligence and sources and methods. Now, it's not clear, John, if any of those Biden documents had those colored borders we saw on classified docs that former President Trump had, which I think is what President Biden was referring to uh, when he talked about red around the corners. But still, whatever coloring these documents had, the special counsel says they were clearly marked as highly classified. And then I should add, her also said that investigators' analysis of Biden's own handwritten notes from his time as vice president showed that these notebooks also contained highly classified info, though those were not marked. And her said a sampling of 37 excerpts found that, quote, eight are top secret with sensitive compartmented information, seven of which include information concerning human intelligence sources, plus six others that were top secret. Uh, And then the third claim that he made, Daniel, there was that he did not share classified information with a ghostwriter on a book he was working on. Listen to that. I did not share classified information. I did not share it. With your ghostwriter? With my ghostwriter. I did not. Guarantee you did not. But the special counsel said it. No, he did not say that. Okay. Okay. He did not say that. 
So he's entitled to say he didn't do it. He can defend himself. But he also said the special counsel didn't say that he did share that classified info with the ghostwriter. Except, John, the special counsel did say that explicitly. Her wrote, quote, Mr. Biden shared information, including some classified information from those notebooks with his ghostwriter. So there it is in black and white. Now, her did elaborate that Biden shared classified info with the ghostwriter uh, by reading nearly verbatim from the notebooks on at least three occasions, including notes from meetings in the situation room. He did find that Biden, quote, at times tried to avoid sharing classified info, like by skipping over certain material as he was reading them to the ghostwriter. And her did write that the evidence does not show that Biden knew the info was classified. Nonetheless, even though the special counsel did clearly give him some material to defend himself with, this is not a factual defense. So he could cite the factual stuff, you know, her said, didn't know it was intentional, etc. But declaring the special counsel just did not say what he said, John, is not a factual defense. Important to note, Daniel Dale, always great to have you. Thanks so much. All right, welcome back, everybody, on this Monday. That is your two-tier justice system hard at work. It's uh, all out there for everybody to see. It's obviously, you know, the rules are different depending on which political uh, party you align yourself with. President Trump's getting dumped on, and Joe Biden, who did, uh, in my opinion, worse than President Trump did because he had the right to declassify is getting a free pass. So I uh, just wanted, we talked about that last week, but I just wanted to kind of go over that. And what, what you'll probably find more shocking is that that was on uh, CNN. So that was a fact checker on CNN that was pretty much destroying Biden's classification documents, defense, uh, piece by piece as they were reading it out to him. So I think more surprising even than the two-tier justice system in some ways is that that actually came from CNN, the propaganda propaganda machine itself. I thought that that was uh, more interesting, to be honest with you. All right, a review of more than 60 studies has now concluded, and I know that you're going to find this shocking. We're changing subjects here, just in case you didn't uh, pick up on that. Um that there is no long-term evidence that mental health concerns are decreased or alleviated after gender-affirming therapy. (laughs) I mean, surprise! According to a national group of physicians, the American College of Pediatrics, uh, ACPEDS, on Wednesday issued its position statement opposing the use of so-called gender-affirming medications such as puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, social transitioning, and surgery for youth who have a gender identity not congruent with their actual sex. Um, the a medical community said in a statement, and I quote, Uh, We urge medical professionals and parents to affirm the truth about childhood gender dysphoria and in the presence of harmful thoughts and address the underlying mental illness, highlight mental illness, adverse events, and family dysfunction, end quote. That was Dr. Jane Anderson, and this is where it's at. We've been talking about this now ever since all this nonsense began, that um, these kids, first of all, it's trendy for them. You know, a lot of them, they're seeing all this stuff and they're being influenced by social media. And I know that sounds crazy to me or you because we're all sitting there going, just because it's trendy, I don't care. You know, we live by that rule. If, if you're, I know how many times you heard your parents say this. If, you, if your friend jumps off the bridge, you're going to jump off the bridge right behind him? And it's like, no. Okay, well, that's how we grew up. 
You know, you couldn't, you certainly couldn't pull that over on my generation, at least the one, the people that I know from my generation, because all of us, I don't care how trendy it is. It's, it was trendy to be on social media and I've only got on it when I started doing this. Up till that point in my life, I had zero interest in being on social media. Uh, and if I ever stop doing this, if I don't uh, get to where I'd like to get to in the uh, near future and I quit doing this permanently, uh, I will be off all social media and no longer dealing with any of that because to me, it, social media is the devil and a waste of time. But a lot of these kids, they uh, they see it on social media. They see that it's popular. They see that they're pushing it uh, politically on all their TV shows and all their programming, uh, award ceremonies and all this crap. And they think it's trendy. So they these kids go out and say and do stupid things because they're kids and that's what kids do. And they end up hurting themselves long term. And for the sick, disgusting, twisted parents that are uh, agreeing to this nonsense instead of just setting your kids straight, uh, that agree to put them on all of these types of medications and potentially do surgeries to their kids that, again, are damaging them in the long run, we are now, they are now telling you how that there is no beneficial impact to any of this and that you just need to address the underlying cause, which is, I know, where's the drum roll when I need it? I need some sound effects here. Mental illness, which is what I've been talking about for years now, which is, I believe all of you knew that yourself because you have to be mentally insane to want to do that. The percentage of actual transgender people in the United States prior to this burst was less than half of a percent. Up until this recent uh, surge and all of a sudden everybody and their third cousin saying that they want to be transgender on television. Okay, up until then, it was at 0.4% of the world's population identified, of the United States identified uh, as transgender. Now all of a sudden you're up to this uh, to a crazy number of like 10%. I mean, it's insane. It's a sickness. It's a sickness that is growing in society. It's a mental illness and it is because whether people want to believe it or not, or whether you buy into what I'm about to say or not, and you're, you have every right to or not to, uh, but it is simply because you are removing God out of society. That is the, the, the absolute correct answer to all this. The more you remove him, the crazier things get. People no longer have a moral compass. The lines, the, the once clear line of right and wrong is now being blurred. We used to have, but it was real easy, real black and white. Now it's all gray and muddied up. Every, you have removed the man that kept everybody straight. You're trying to take him out of society. So now people have nothing else to do but go insane because they have nothing to believe in. It's like the devil's playground. They have nothing to believe in. They have nobody to look to. They have no hope in their hearts. They don't know what love is. They see no light. It's only darkness. And especially these young kids that are so easily influenced by all the crap that's going on around them, you are making them sick. People are becoming sicker and sicker. It's not a surprise to me that this came out, that you have uh, a... uh, study that's reviewed by so many and then all of a sudden they came to the same conclusion that we all knew in the first place that's nothing to do with with your puberty puberty blockers that has nothing to it has to do with you have a underlying cause of mental illness that needs to be addressed 
and it needs to be addressed in the correct way. Not let me just pill pedal and push pills on you or take you to do some crazy surgeries. Let's get down to the root cause of what the real problem is and try to actually help these people. Help these young kids, help these older people that are doing these things. Why don't we help them out instead of helping them destroy themselves? But then again, if your philosophy in life, and if what you are doing in life on the on the left side is you want to destroy the nuclear family, you want uh, population to decrease, you want uh, government dependency, then you push what you're pushing because that's what all these people end up doing. They end up depending on the government to help them with their medical issues and medical problems. They end up depending on... I mean, they end up not having any families because they become anti-family, anti-God. It's population control. A lot of these people are committing suicide. I, I haven't looked up the rates recently, but prior to this big boom, it was something insane, like 65%, if my memory is serving me correct, of people that go through full transition all of a sudden realize that was never my problem in the first place, and they are in just as dark of a place or darker of a place than they were prior to the surgery. And ultimately the end result is they take their own lives. Unfortunately, Satan wins again. Not a surprise. This is coming out and we need to talk about this more because this needs to stop. It's insane. And it needs to stop. It's attacking our kids, which is worse, worse than anything. It's attacking our kids. You want to talk about mental insanity? I saw a, a news article that I got to be honest, I saw the headline and I began to start to read it. And then I just said to myself, I just, I don't know how much I have a heart to finish reading this because you want to talk about mentally disturbed people. It was on the daily caller. It was a Missouri mom. She got arrested after she allegedly burned her one month old baby to death in an oven this past Friday. You hear what I'm saying? That's how, that's where society is at. You cooked a one month old in the oven. Ah, That poor child. I mean, the only light in this whole situation is that child's on the express pass to heaven. That baby goes straight to heaven. That's pure and innocent. The best part of humanity. Children and toddlers, they're so honest and innocent and pure. They're the best part of society. They are the best of what we should be. They're loving. They're caring. They're forgiving. They're honest. And no matter how brutal it is, they're honest to, to with no flaw. They are the best of the best. The only light in this whole scenario is if you actually are not an atheist, if you actually believe in God, you believe in a higher being, and you believe his ways and his laws in the Bible, then you know that that baby just got the express pass straight to paradise. So a brief moment of pain to spend an eternity and never feeling pain, sadness, anything ever again. That's about it. But you want to talk about sick and disturbed people? You want to talk about somebody that... I don't even know why this person's allowed to live. You know, in society, to keep things in check, why aren't we doing what we did back in the day? You know, it's an eye for an eye. You cooked a baby in an oven. I'm not saying we put you in an oven too because we're not doing Nazi camps here. But I certainly wouldn't be opposed to them putting you to death in whichever way your state does that. Whether it be by electric chair, chair, uh, firing squad, might be preferable to me. Uh, do the old school style, 
uh, or put you in an electric chair, which is probably a pretty rough way to go. But I, I don't think you should you should get any less. I don't think you should get to live out your days in a prison cell, getting three hot meals and kind of creating some type of life for yourself in there. I think that they should take you out immediately. And I am not uh, apologizing or feel apologetic for saying that. I wouldn't be, I would have no problem with them doing a public hanging. You kill a baby like that, string them up for everybody to see at the town square. Because I guarantee you, the more people that actually saw that horrible sight in person, I guarantee you there'd be a lot less crime when you start seeing bodies swinging. I guarantee it. The thing is that people get away with anything nowadays. You're getting slap on the wrist. Can you imagine somebody, can you imagine a pedophile that goes in there, a, a convicted pedophile, and you only do three years in prison? You just destroy that child. For the rest of their natural life, they are destroyed. They're going to live with those scars, mental scars and possibly physical scars for the rest of their life. You only do three years and then you're back out again, always on the hunt for your next victim. Why Why do people do crimes? It's for that reasons like that. Well, where's the real punishment there? That's all you got three years? That's all the time you get to serve? Oh, he took you now. Now, on the other hand, if you took that guy and you said he is convicted of this, he has run a free and fair trial. He's got judged by his peers. Everything was done according to the law and he is guilty. Now we are taking him over to the town square and we are going to hang him. I guarantee you that all other pedophiles are going to think not once, not twice, but probably about 300 times before they do anything stupid and ruin another child and damage that poor child's life for the rest of their life because they know, guess what? That's going to be your next stretch in next time. point to this is there is a sickness in society it's not stopping i mean when we're hearing that they're doing things like this you lose hope for the i'm i'll be honest you lose hope for the for the next generation I mean, this is what we got. We got this, they, these mentally ill people that are coming up next and they're supposed to be the ones in charge i'm thinking about when i get old and i can't do much Oh my God, these are the ones that are going to be making decisions. Not for me. I'll make my own decisions. All right, moving on to something else here. The Pentagon announced yesterday that the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, is back in the hospital just weeks after his lengthy hospitalization following the prostate cancer treatment and the subsequent consequences to that treatment. Uh, around 5 p.m. Eastern, the Pentagon pressed uh, Secretary Major General Pat Ryder informed the Pentagon press in a statement and said that today at approximately 2.20 p.m., Secretary of Defense Lloyd J. Austin III was transported by his security detail to Walter Reed National Medical Center to be seen for symptoms suggesting an emergency bladder issue. The Deputy Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff have both been notified. Additionally, the White House and congressional notifications have occurred. Now, you think they're going to try to hide this one or (laughs) what do you think they're going to do with this one? I mean, they got, they got a lot of heat brought to him for uh, him not telling anybody that he was in the hospital the first time. The White House seemingly not to know, not that that's uh, any surprise that uh, the White House is out of control and do things without telling the uh, commander in chief. But now he is back in there once again, 
uh, for a bladder issue. It's a developing story on Sunday. There was a developing story on Sunday uh, as the night went on. You know, I didn't check back and forth to see how he was doing or what he is doing. Uh, but the hospitalization for this bladder issue potentially, uh, you know, hopefully is not fatal for him because obviously we don't wish for anybody to die. But uh, you never know. Hopefully his, his next in command is ready to step up to the plate. Uh, but if he's having this many medical problems, probably a good idea for him to have a long conversation with Congress or with his boss and uh, gracefully bow out and go handle your medical situations and let somebody else take the lead that may do a better job than this guy because this guy's been a joke his whole career anyways. He's not doing anything that's uh, really setting the world on fire here or anything. So maybe it's about time that he just sits on the sideline and uh, handles his own personal problems. And that wraps up another episode of Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Thank you for tuning in and joining the conversation. Don't forget to subscribe to stay updated on all our latest episodes. And join us next time as we continue to explore the issues that shape our world. Until then, stay informed and stay engaged.